Welcome to the Unearthed Man Podcast, the journey of becoming a conscious man, hosted by Milva. Hey all, Milvo here and welcome to episode 18 of the Unearthed Man podcast. Um, thanks for everybody for the great feedback uh, that you've been providing. As you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Um, again, I just really appreciate that you know, there's been a few people reaching out to me and saying you know, that they're loving the podcast and you know, they're loving the different guests that we've had on. Um, which will lead us into this podcast. So my guest today is a well-established bodybuilder. He's winning the, he won the physique and bodybuilding class in the Queensland Classic 2019 and 2020. He's got over 14 years working as a coach in the industry and is the co-owner of Primal Education with his wife, Adele. Primal Education's mission is to optimize health and fitness of their clients. Welcome to the Unearthed Man podcast, Steve Caps. Thank you for having me, Milvo. Looking no forward to it. Yeah, thanks, Steve. It's, uh, I was really excited when you uh, said that you were going to come on, um, given that you know, we first met in November last year. There's a few of the guests I've had on that uh, were either coaches for Unleash the Beast or you know, we're actually attending the Unleash the Beast uh, weekend. Um, your thoughts, just to let's go back to, to November, um, your thoughts on, on that weekend? Yeah, life-changing. Within that 48-hour period of spending, um, I think 59 gentlemen attend, uh, attended that weekend and the energy in the room, um, the, I think, for me, it was a sharing of stories and the life experiences that every man went through. I walked away and I felt really light. I felt really grounded and I applied a lot of those learnings over that weekend into my life and it's really helped um, my relationship with my wife and my ability to be a really good present father. Um, but that weekend last November or that a year ago now nearly was um, yeah re- really inspiring. So grateful I attended. I was sort of hit and miss about going along. Um, but again, when you commit and you lean into that type of workshop, you always get a lot of value out of it. So yeah, very grateful I attended it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as I said, there's a few people I've had on here. Um, it's well documented through you know the stuff I've talked on the podcast. That it was the flipping the switch moment for me in my life. Um, totally changed how I view things. And yeah, it's hard to believe it's still under 12 months ago. You know, who would have thought in 12 months I'm running a podcast? You know, putting out daily videos, done running some coaching programs, and you know, life has just changed. And it's about you know 10, 11 months down down the track is just amazing what's happened. Oh, and that's the power, Milvo, is that within 12 months you can you can um, deliver. When you have that really clear mission of how you want to help people and serve people, you can make such a big impact in six months and even one year. You can really transform your life. And I think tonight we'll talk about that with the human body and how I've got really good results from clients within a 12, 16-week period just by flipping a few habits, giving them homework and making them believe that they can do anything possible. So that's my passion, as you know, is uh, optimising health and wellness and really getting people in good shape and, and feeling good mentally and physically. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, there are parts where in the weekend and, and we're not allowed to give out too much, but there are parts where, you know, where effectively there's tops off. Um, mm. What actually happened with me is that I've removed a lot of my limiting beliefs. Um, I, you know, Steve is a bodybuilder, right? So you've only got to jump on, look at primal education or look at his personal sites and, and you see the man is solidly built and, and deserves so because he's put the effort in. When you're standing across the room from somebody 
and you've had these preconceived ideas of these guys who are muscly and these guys who are, you know, basically super fit and look after themselves. You know, for me, I had a precondition about, yeah, their life's in order and they're good to go and they're super fit and they're super healthy. And then you stand in the room and you know, I'm, you know, slightly overweight. I think I was 70 odd kegs or a bit over 70 kegs at that stage, a bit of a you know, flabby tummy in, in looking around. But then you realize that one, we're all just skin and bones. Two, we are all there for a reason, which is greater than the physical. There's a lot of mental stuff that we're actually carrying. And, and a lot of that was just the conditioning. We could look at other people. And, you know, I took away from that going, you know, it doesn't matter how physically big and strong you are. Um, being willing to be vulnerable emotionally and being able to share, as, as you talked about, some of those stories, very emotional and very deep stories that have happened to us in the past is super empowering, just hugely empowering for anybody to walk out the door. Um, you, you talked about the lightness. Um, interestingly, I think, I can't remember whether it was on the Saturday or the Sunday, I can't actually remember my feet touching the ground walking back to the hotel. Oh, I, was, like, I honestly felt like I, I was like, I felt like I was just um, a hovercraft just hovering yeah. along that the, what had lifted the weight that mm. lifted off was just immense. Um, and, and, and you said it, uh, you know, you felt that as well, Steve. Yeah, that it, it really, I went back to work the next day, Stephen, and um, I felt just so much energy and I shared that with a lot of people. Um, my business actually really took off after the workshop last year and, working through some inner trauma that I um, was conditioned with when I was younger from my parents and sort of downloading that and, and sort of getting rid of that over the weekend. But, yeah, my promo education really took off after that. I started to pivot my business instead of looking at the human body as just, you know, a six-pack, good biceps, good shoulders. I started to work with my clients through some goal-setting, mission statements, and that really helped me and um, grew our business pretty quickly just by moving from the physical body to the mental body and emotional body. Um, and that really helped me. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm going to fess up for something here, right? I, um, I, I'm basically a bodybuilding groupie, right? I, I've never, I've, 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 I've struggled myself to do all the weight work and everything else, you know, and it hasn't been that, but you know, I've loved, you know, Lou Ferrino, Arnie Schwarzenegger, you know, yeah. all the, all these guys and, and just seeing, I've had a fascination with the human body and the few human physiology and, and the biology about how it comes together and just seeing, you know, effectively what I love about bodybuilders is it's the closest you get to see the human body like physical structure because of the limited body fat that you actually have. And, and you can see how the muscle almost actually watch and see how that muscle operates and, and how it works and how many muscles you have to, to raise an arm or to, you know, to do a squat. And, and I, I just sit there and I'm, I'm in awe. I just love it. And I'm just fascinated with the human body. So what got you into bodybuilding? I mean, you've been doing it for 14 years. So what took yeah, you on that path initially? I've taken it really um, professionally the last four years. I grew up in the AFL space, so Australian Football League. I was yep. more of an endurance athlete. I was always a, a good runner, really um, a good good batman. So I played full back um, quite at a high level in Western Australia, in the Waffle, the Western okay. Australian Football League. Yep. So I was very passionate about AFL endurance sports. Throughout my whole life, I did perform weight training. But when I hit about 28, 29, I started to really – get into bodybuilding and my wife said to me one day uh, we had a conversation and oh, we have a weekly check-in and see how we're going and she said steve you, you're looking really good your body's getting better as you get older how about you go on stage and maybe 
test your body, test your mind, test your discipline and commitment. So I hired a coach in Perth. Um, that was my first competition back in 2017. So again, three years ago now, just okay. over three years. And my body really responded well. Um, I came third in the state titles in Western Australia. And then I, I just fell in love with it, Milvo. I became better and better at posing. My nutrition protocols became better. And I started to really grow as a man when I stepped on stage. I surrendered to the process. I trusted the process completely. And my commitment and discipline was really, really powerful. I felt that if I could get to stage really lean and very healthy, I could achieve really anything in life. So that was a big big motivator for me around bodybuilding and why I started to move into it a little bit more. Yeah, and I love what you spoke about there, the I can achieve anything, like like setting that goal and knowing that you're able to actually hit that goal. The mindset that carries it into the rest of your life off the back of that, if I can do this, then I'm capable of doing all of these other things. Like, yeah. you know, wherever I had the limiting belief, because if I can make my body so strong and, and get myself out on this stage and, you know, bodybuilding, I, I still feel even physically is one of the most vulnerable things you can even do because you, you're all out there on stage. Yeah. There's no, there's nowhere to hide, you know. It's, you get, it's, get judged, you're getting judged by 10 judges and you're wearing little, you know, trunks and you've got nothing Correct. on you. And yeah, people are looking at you going, hey, his arms aren't big enough. His legs aren't big enough. And you're getting judged a lot, definitely. Yeah. And and the ability to detach yourself from the judgment. I, I think, is that something you've had to learn to work your way through between being judged physically, but that's not who you actually are and, and, and being able to work through that? And is that something that you work with your clients and, and, and your group on now as well? Yeah, I've struggled with that, to be honest, Milvo. I work with a lot of women who go through um, eating disorders, who have had a lot of trauma from um, maybe bullying at high school for their body shape or their body weight. But for me personally, when I stand up on stage, I I wasn't attached to how I looked because I know I did the work. Um, again, I was born, um, my father's German, my mum was born in Australia. I knew my genetic makeup could only take me so far. Yep. So I was very comfortable stepping on stage knowing that to the best of my ability, I followed the training program as well as I could. My workout sessions were implemented really, really well and my nutrition was really spot on. So I looked in the mirror the day before the show and said, Steve, here's your genetics. You've maximized your genetic potential. You can't really do much else here. You've got to leave it to the judges. And I stepped on stage and I remember I had the biggest smile because I knew that I did the work. And for me, when you know you've done the inner work or outer work, uh, you, you can't really turn around and go, oh, my, jet, my legs aren't big enough or my, my shoulders aren't genetically you know, gifted. I just knew that I had to basically build muscle on the frame that I had. So I wasn't really attached to my, my body shape. It was more about I just did the work and I knew that I, I did everything I possibly could. Yeah, and, and I love that. Um, one of the videos that I did recently that I put put up into to LinkedIn and Facebook was um, it's almost about, you know, just be the best you on any given day that you can. Mm. So always just go and just give the best you. And, you know, um, I probably more spoke on, you know, not everyone could be the CEO of, of a corporation or something else. And it's okay to be at middle management but you can be the best you that you can be at that job. Don't just turn up every single day. And, and, yeah. and, and, and that's the whole thing about what you're talking about there is you, you're just doing the best you can do with what you've got. But as long as you're doing that, there is no regrets because yeah. you know you've did the best you can. 
and if someone else had genetically a slightly different body, well, so be it. Yeah, and there has been situations, Bill, though, where I've been up on stage with men who I look at and I'm like, wow, you're genetically gifted. But the work, I, I, I truly believe hand on my heart that I'm one of the hardest workers in the gym and I'm very methodical and I'm so passionate about delivering a good result for my body that I do go above and beyond most people when they work out. Um, I mean, it's my, my life and my business. I want to represent myself in a very professional manner. So the way I train is very professional. The way I show up for every workout is like, Steve, you're not feeling great today, but you know, you can flick that switch and you can go from gear two to gear five really quickly. So I have a, a belief that I can nearly, I could outwork myself and I know that genetically I'm not uh, blessed in terms of like that sort of bigger body like a Arnold Schwarzenegger or those guys, but I know that I could um, I could show up and do the work, which is, um, has made me pretty proud as a father over the years. Yeah, and, and let's be clear about Farino and Schwarzenegger were freaks of nature. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, exactly they're, not, right. they're not your normal guys either. Right? I know. I know. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk about primal education. I, I love the word primal. Uh, for me, you know, it, it rings connotations of myself, but what does primal education actually mean for you in relation to you know, the company and the training and what you're doing? Yeah, so Primal Education was created four years ago now. We previously had a business named Swanky Fit, which was very different. Uh, back in Perth, it was more of a group fitness model. Yep. Primal Education, the word primal to me means fundamentally going back to basics, uh, sleeping well, connecting to nature, fundamentally following a really good training program, uh, eating high-quality food, good amounts of protein, minimal amounts of fat and carbohydrate. So Primal was basically doing everything from a, I suppose, evolution caveman point of view and doing that really, really well. So my wife and I, we're passionate educators as long as we do train our clients really hard. But on top of that, we give our clients homework. We give them weekly tasks to implement outside of the gym session. So we look at ourselves as, as coaches. I mean, in the industry right now, you've got personal trainers. Uh, on top of that, I think you've got educate, educators and coaches. So we look at ourselves more in that space there, more of a a mentor to help people maximize their body and, and live really healthy and well. Yeah. And the one thing to, to what Steve's talking about there that is very evident, Steve walks the talk, right? So, you know, I, I, I want to be coached by someone who actually is doing the same hard yards as what I'm doing, whether, and, and whether it's, you know, whether it's in the, in the self-development space or the spiritual space or the physical space, or is, is what Steve's doing is he's combining both, you know, the, the emotional and the physical together in his stuff. Um, that's what I love seeing because I see as many of your things that you put up of clients, um, you know, up on stories, I see as you're out there doing the same yeah. hard yards and the same grunt and the same sweat and the same pain. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's awesome. What, 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 how do your clients feel about the fact that you're sitting there right beside them doing the hard yards? You've, you've, actually, you've nailed it completely, Milvo. A lot of my clients come to me because they either see me work out really hard. Um, yeah, part of virtues, like I'm very big on courage and self-mastery, so I believe that I need to master my body um, again, I don't walk around all year round having shredded abdominals and, and being like a bodybuilder, but I take great pride in representing my body and making sure it's fit for work and fit for my clients. So a lot of the feedback I get from my clients is I just love what you're about, what you're embody. You embody health, you embody wellness, um, you embody someone who wants to get better and better. So that self-improvement space. So self-mastery and, and courage are really important for me when it comes to showing up for my clients. 
So, so let's touch on, on those two points and we could probably go on separately. Mastery, self-mastery. Um, I think there's a view out there to be, become a master, you have to have done a thousand hours or, or, or something mm. in, in, that, yeah. in that avenue. I'm not sure where that came from, but it sticks in my mind. So what does mastery look like for you in relation to, to what you're doing? I think initially um, what comes to mind is understanding your emotions and really controlling how you feel every single day. Um, a lot of people in 2020, you've experienced Milvo's, a lot of people have outbursts, they live in fear. Every time I see a client, I'm very grounded, I'm very balanced. My main objective is to serve my client every time I see them, whether it's online coaching or face-to-face. So to me, self-mastery is just representing a really good human being who's healthy, balanced, grounded, and who can share a little bit of wisdom around getting in shape and also staying in shape because a lot of people can get in shape really quickly over a 10-week period, but usually a year or two later, they've yo-yoed and they've gone back to their old body type. So I look at sustainability and I try and ingrain or embed habits into my clients that will last them you know, the rest of their life, essentially. Um, teach them every concept, what I've learned for my body, so they can you know, embody that and self-master their own physique as well. Okay. And then courage. So you use the word courage before and that's something and I'm, um, I'm pretty keen on, keen on it. I've got some thoughts on it as well. What, what does courage look like for you and your clients? So when you say, you know, I've got self-mastery and it takes courage, what, what is that? what's that courage? What, what are you stepping into to, to get to the courage? If I relate it to bodybuilding, it's just stepping on stage and showing who you are and, and smiling and, and posing. Um, look, posing is really challenging when you step on stage. You've got you're quite depleted. You're quite um, you're in an energy deficient, so you are very tired. So to me, stepping on stage and, and displaying courage. I've had a lot of my clients attend my bodybuilding shows, and I always say to them, look, anytime you commit to a process of inner work, um, a contest preparation, you are going to have to step into that that bubble of, of being courageous because you will have to step on stage and get judged by, you know, 10 or 15 judges. So to me, courage is, again, being vulnerable. That's a big one as well. Um, a lot of people meet me and they, they see this guy who's quite lean and veiny, um, but behind that, um, you know, I do take great pride in serving my clients and I try and remain humble and, and really look after people. So, yeah. I think that's for me, courage, you just step into that discomfort of going, I'm going to feel a little bit shaky and nervous here, but I'm going to step into it and really enjoy it and embrace it. And I love that because um, for me that there's a direct link between courage, discomfort and fear. So, so if you're not willing, if you're not willing to uh, have the sensation of fear or the discomfort of fear, then you're never going to grow. And the difference between growth and not is having the courage to say, I am going to step into this area of discomfort. I am going to feel the fear. I'm going to manage the fear, but off the back of that, I'm going to grow, which, you know, as you said, you know, you stood on stage 2017 for your first time, you know, you've now won 2019, you've won 2020. I'm guessing your ability to cope now getting on stage now or in 2020 is fundamentally different to what it was in 2017. There's still courage it takes but you've probably learned a better way of handling or managing some of the fear that would sit in behind it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the more times you're on stage and learning about the process and that experience, I step on stage now. I've got another show in eight weeks in Sydney, um, if that goes ahead. Again, I'm, I get really excited, Milvo. I am so excited to step on stage and just display the hard work I've done. And 
it, to me, it's more of a, um, my family's attending this one. So I'm going to see my kids there and I'll probably smile at my children and, yeah. <laughs> and try and hold a pose. But it's sort of like a, um, I wouldn't say occupation for me now, but it, I mean, it's always a hobby and a passion, but I look at contest prep as just an additional part of my business. that so I feel like I, I just turn up and do it. It's like a, um, a ritual that I do now. It's just training in the morning, eat your food, get eight hours of sleep, drink your water, um, do some stretching, have a sauna. I, I just fundamentally, I just have everything in a good place. So it's just a really good habit for me now that I've ingrained in my body. So every time I step on stage now, yeah, I get better and better because that confidence is definitely uh, behind me. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you've used the term ritual. Um, this morning, uh, we actually had a beautiful day here at Melbourne today. Um, and so I sat outside a bit and I actually got thinking through, you know, I'm creating this new morning routine. And, um, but then I was actually thinking around, have I actually got a routine or do I need to start to think about the fact that I have a morning ritual and do I need to start to think of it more on a, a more of a connected spiritual aspect that I'm um, actually, there's a ritual I go through every day, every morning, which is about how I get up, how I start my day, how I'm grateful and thankful that I woke up and that I have this beautiful day ahead of me. And so, you know, when you, when you talked about ritual there, I like the fact that you see what you do as this, this ritual. Um, mm. What does morning look like for you? So, so getting up, I'm, I'm really interested in, I've seen some stuff here and there, but I'm really interested in the, what the morning yeah. does look like. Look, it does change a little bit day to day depending on my early morning clients. I do have a couple of days where I'm up at 5 a.m. training people at the beach on the Gold Coast. Um, essentially, I'm very big into the infrared sauna. I've actually purchased infrared sauna for home, so I'm in a sauna five, six times a week. Uh, ideally, I, I like to get up in the morning. I do my coconut pulling, my oil pulling, so I put coconut oil with some peppermint oil, wash that around my mouth. That gets rid of the bacteria, gives you a really good energetic effect. Um, I jump in the sauna after sort of half a litre of water. Always wake up, have that one half a litre of water to hydrate. Um, a lot of people get it wrong. You've got to start the day hydrated because you'd have to play catch up for the whole day. So I'm a huge believer in hydrating straight away. Um, yeah, morning, wake up, oil pull in, my water intake, my sauna. Usually I have a black coffee and then I'm pretty much scheduling my clients and ready to go. Um, I tend to work out in midday, mid-afternoon where I've had a couple of meals to perform better. But yeah, I've, I've got a very basic sort of morning ritual routine is a sauna, oil pulling, and my black coffee and water. Okay. Um, cold shower in there. I, I've heard along the lines yeah. that you're a bit of a, a cold shower advocate. Yeah, cold shower as well. Um, I do go to the sauna, I jump in the cold shower and jump back in the sauna. So that hot, cold therapy. Uh, that really drives your sympathetic nervous system, so your fight and flight response. So you can wake up pretty quickly when you, you're in a 60-degree sauna and then you're in a cold shower and then back in the sauna. So the main goal of that, Milvo, is to drive um, yeah, fight and flight, your sympathetic tone. So, so talk through that. So a number of people listening in on the podcast may not know or understand what that, you know, the sympathetic and, and the fight and flight means. So what's that training actually doing to, you know, like, for, in reality, for a person, what's that changing and what, what's it actually working for on the body? So that, uh, most people will be aware you've got your central nervous system. Below that, you've got a branch called your parasympathetic nervous system, and then that branches off to your sympathetic nervous system and then your parasympathetic nervous system. So the autonomic nervous system drives those two. Um, as humans, right now, we live in the sympathetic world. We're very much fight and flight, meetings, schedules, work deadlines, highly caffeinated, anxious, stressed out. There is definitely a really good 
um, period during the day where you should be in that sympathetic tone. And I, I like to do that in the morning. So that's sort of one hour of that warrior sympathetic fight and flight. The rest of the day, I try and be in that parasympathetic, that rest and recovery. So that sort of the monk feeling where you're in that really yoga state, you're, you're reading, you're, you're digesting food. Your, your calm, your energy is really grounded. So if you look at a ratio of sort of one hour a day, one to two hours a day of very fight and flight, and then the other 22, 23 in that parasympathetic recovery period because we grow muscle, you know, we break down muscle in the gym um, and we grow and repair when we're asleep and in that parasympathetic state. Yep. Uh, excellent. Thanks for that because that, uh, that really helps provide a bit more clarity about what that actually means uh, because, you know, when we all started as cave people, um, mm. you know, effectively fight and flight was, am I fighting the tiger or am I running away yeah. from it? You know, it's, now, now it's your boss. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's that stress you have in the meeting or don't have in the meeting and everything else. Um, yeah. and, and thanks for sort of running through that routine because what I'm looking for what I've actually brought into mine is, um, and funny, um, Sam Lewis, which is one of the coaches on Unleash, I'm doing um, the course with him. And basically, we've, we've almost put it as the five S's. So it's effectively um, SIP. So yeah, as you said, about half a litre of water, uh, a tongue scrape, but you do the, the oil pulling. But it's effectively yep. the same thing of removing the toxins and the bacteria off your tongue that's served overnight. Um, I suppose we call shit, but basically, you know, getting rid of the, you know, the other waste out of your system. Yep. Um, have a shower and then the last one is basically sit for a, you know do uh, effectively an hour's meditation and that's what we're yep. working through now so you know that's for powerful us, in that that's pow- very powerful because that grounds your whole body and then you're in that very calm state and you, your focus goes where it's meant to go um, meditation is really important and i've tried to tap into it i'm getting better uh, but that's one area look we've always got areas to improve on and meditation is definitely one area i need to work on a bit more so I would definitely recommend if you see Sam putting up another, he did this first initiation to self um, and with like uh, the first group is about 20 of us doing it. Um, if he puts it up again and you're really interested in, I think the true, what I would call the true meditation of really getting deep into your heart space and really getting deep into manifestation and surrendering, then Sam's is the way to go. Um, he talks around the universe, uh, the universal laws and how we can actually you know, look to remove duality and some of those things. So it's a, it's a really solid deep course. So yeah, I'd highly recommend that if, if you can find the time to jump on and do that. Thanks, Milva. I'll check that out. Thank you. No worries. Um, is there anything from a training point of view? Do you, you know, since the last 12, eight, 12, 18 months, two years, are you training differently? Are you doing anything different than when you first started? Like, is it, you know, your mindset, um, how you go about the training? Is there differences now that, uh, that you think, geez, if I'd have done that four or five years ago, even, mm. and how that works? <laughs> There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> th- there is. I, I trained like a lot of young men when we're in our 20s we got a lot of testosterone firing we got growth hormone out of control um i trained from a place of anger anger and and frustration uh, at the time i was in occupation up north working the pilbara where it was, it was sort of the way i look at it now is a bit of let's say concentration camp but it was very much very isolated yep so i was training a lot just to let off steam a lot of anger a lot of frustration uh, missing my wife at home when I started to really internalize my body and, and reflect and go, hey, Steve, there's a lot more to 
life than just looking good and looking lean. My workouts became so much better. I came from a place of feeling grateful. I smiled every time I walked into the gym. I, w- I didn't walk into the gym, you know, ready to kill it or crush it. It was more of I'm going to walk into the gym and really um, add value to my body and be at peace with my body and train from a place of love. Um, and, and that's really reflected on my physique now. My physique's got better from sort of thinking like that and I feel that my workout and recovery um, has become a lot greater just by coming from a place of feeling grateful to actually be able to train my body without any injuries or limitations and yeah my lifestyle has definitely reflected that as well by better sleep quality and better nutrition quality as well. Yeah and and so for me that's um, it's really getting that holistic way of doing it so it's connecting the physical emotional spiritual and well, I forgot one along the lines, but uh, and the mental aspect—it's actually yeah. all, it's all fully connected into the same thing, you know. And it's being able to see, feel, feel how your body's operating, and see how it's working, and making sure it is all connected. And, and in that connectedness, you can actually, yeah, as you said, getting much better results for yourself yeah. along the way through. That's also the the choice of music, Milvo, like okay. in the twenties, was like heavy metal, Metallica, yeah. Ramstein, very aggressive type of music. And now sometimes I listen to rainforest magic when i'm training and it's very calm meditative music so i look at weight training right now as more of a meditative experience because i'm contracting muscle tissue i'm stabilizing my body i'm I'm pushing blood around the body to different areas whether i'm training my back or my chest or my biceps or or arms Mm. and i use weight training more now as like a meditative weight training experience and the music definitely reflects that i'm a lot more calmer and more more internalized or internal when i work out that's that's really super awesome, and I like what you've touched on there. Um, is talking about in my in my mindset is it's just you're moving to a different vibrational frequency about how you're operating, and so, and that's where I'm I'm trying to go on my journey now, which is less less the external. Um, although I will put up the hand, I did have a bit of ACDC pumped into the car today, but I just don't <laughs> like the right thing to do. Um, but yes, my, my, my choice of music and everything else is a lot more just calming, a bit more reggae, a bit more at the right frequency, you know, and feeling that more of that beautiful vibration that's coming out of everything and raising it to that level and knowing that it's coming from internal out as opposed to needing to get your vibration lifted by that external, you know, hard beat or hard rock mm. music coming back in at you. So, yeah. Very important, and uh, your mood and your um, anxiety levels are definitely reflected with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get into diet and nutrition. Um, I'll put up my hand say I'm fully plant based. Um, yep. and so you know, so I have some thoughts and views in, in that space, but you know, obviously, the importance for you around diet and nutrition in you know, building the body and building the mind because it's all connected, it is just yeah, all I- connected. I think that what people need to realize in the nutrition space, Milvo, is that it's highly individual um, and sustainability, like individualization and sustainability, the two key words when I look at someone's diet. I program a lot of people for a plant-based diet and they function really, really well. They achieve really good optimal health. And I have some people who like carnivore diets and they have um, organ meats, they have liver, uh, chicken heart, which um, it does sound very unusual, but they, they tend to function well and they self-report that they have better mental function, uh, a better libido, and they perform better in the gym. So highly individual. Um, I just make sure that people achieve their protein target. So if you're weight training, if you're breaking down skeletal tissue, muscle tissue, you need to have protein every meal, whether that's yeah. 25, 35 grams of protein spaced out four times a day 
or you could have it maybe three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, again, like even intermittent fasting, I, I'm a big believer in that. If you prefer to push back your food to later on the evening, thumbs up for you. If you can function just by having water and a coffee until 2 or 3 p.m. and then fit your food in a six-hour window, and if that works for you and you feel productive and you train well, I encourage that. So I work with every client to find out what diet works well for them and it's highly individual. So for me, plant-based, I've tried it. Um, I didn't feel great. I probably could have done it a little bit longer. Um, but again, some people thrive on plant food. Some people thrive on a carnivore diet. So highly individual, but protein is the most important macronutrient. And as long as you get that every meal, um, you're in a good spot. Yeah, and, and I love that approach because there are so many programs that you see come and do an eight-week program and they give everybody the same diet and the same food and the same approach. And, you know, and you're right, it doesn't, we are all different. Our bodies adapt and change. Um, you know, for me, I've always loved fruit, like loved fruit like it's going out of fashion. But yep. I got caught into the whole, you know, the, the marketing, you need to have this and you need to have that and you can't have this. You shouldn't have more than two pieces of fruit a day and everything else. And then I got to a point, was, I mean, I've been plant-based for about seven years, but about five odd years ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to what my body's telling me I, that it loves. And I'll eat eight, eight to 10 pieces of fruit per day, you know, right. and just, that, but that's all I'll consume, right? So the same thing, I'll probably start to have fruit about 10, 11 a.m. in the morning. So intermittent fast, Start start on fruit, and I'll pretty much eat fruit nearly all day, and then just have a you know a nice big huge dinner at the end of the day. Um, and for me, it works perfectly. And you know, and for those who go, you know, um, fruits full of sugar, and I get that, and I understand the, the breakdown. If you get down underneath it, what true sugar really is, right? Yeah. But I look at him and go, I'm not a block of flats, right? So clearly, you know, done well and eating well and, and having an understanding about what sugar and fruit actually is, is yeah. uh, it can help a people lot of people learn get a bit more. Very, very attached to a nutrition or a way of eating and a way of living. They get so attached to it that when a new a bit of new information is presented, they get you know, that cognitive dissonance where they go, Oh, this can't be right. There's yeah. there's studies here, but they're not accurate or they're not studied correctly. Um I'm very open-minded with anything in life, training programs, nutrition protocols. I always study healthy people. So if I come across someone who um, hasn't been ill for a very long time, they function very well, I want to know what habits they've got in their body or their lifestyle. So I study the habits of healthy people and see what they do on a daily and weekly basis. Yeah, so the interesting thing is, um, like with the, the COVID and that's out there, I just have a fundamental belief that if I got it, I'm okay. Like I just have a fundamental, mm, just yep. a, a belief in my own immune system and the work that I've done on my own health and how we go about doing things. Like we pretty much have a, you know, a, a zero to no toxic parts in our life. You know, we use all healthy. So we you know, have healthy de deodorants. We use, you know, basically uh, we don't buy all the Colgate's and this stuff for, you know, all your other, um, toothpaste or anything else you know we we make up our own or we get you know just again or um essential oil based and everything else and by eliminating all those things out of your life you don't, you don't lose the flavors you can just eliminate out and just make a different choice about what you're saying what's going in is mm. is, is how your body's going to operate and knows how to deal and handle with all those sorts of things so. yeah definitely if you look at like detoxification processes and that's why i'm a big fan of the infrared sauna uh, the infrared sauna yeah. is really beneficial at detoxification um, you sweat, 
you know, intensively for a 30 to 45 minute period. And a lot of my clients, some who, a lot of girls who might have had plastic surgery, they've got a lot of, um, you know, toxicity in their body. Yeah. They report feeling a lot better. Their skin's a lot better. Their mental clarity's a lot better. So if you combine a healthy lifestyle, walking, sunshine, uh, drinking a lot of water, weight training two or three times a week, preferably, um, and then having a sauna or getting in some hot and cold therapy, you're going to build some really good immunity from that. Um, the body normally looks after itself pretty well if you if you treat it well. Yeah, correct. That's right. Yes, treat it well. It'll definitely look after itself. Um, so primal education, let's talk about that as the company but the community that you've built around that. Um, I know pre-jumping uh, on here, there was something that came out of Unleashed that Preston Smiles spoke about um, that there was a couple of key words or a key phrase that came out of Unleashed for you and you, you talked a bit about you know, what that meant to you and about community and how that hangs together. So um, talk to me through that and, and your little community that you're building. Yeah, community and tribe. Uh, we've got a really good tribe at Problem Education. We've got a lot of women. 80% of our business are females, um, so we attract a lot of females into our business. And the culture and tribe is really powerful. The ability to have a Facebook group. I've got a private Facebook group and all the clients interact. They share information about their goals and, and how they're tracking uh, we have quarterly catch-ups as well. We're actually in the process now, process now of organising an event where we could get everyone together. Um, people could have a couple of glasses of wine together, have some food and share their, their journey with us. Yeah. Um, but we're a big believer in just creating a really tight-knit tribe, um, supporting each other, whether it's exchanging a service. So we might have a massage therapist in the group. They could offer that to our group. Uh, we might have someone who uh, owns a, a fruit store or they – uh, run a store at a farmer's market. So we, we, we love that whole cycle of just that tribe of looking after each other. So Adele and I put our big emphasis and a lot of focus on having a tribe, having a community and serving each other as well. Oh, man, that that's awesome because I'm sure that all those people are getting an immense amount of um, – just immense out of the, the having it knowing that they got a community they can lean into like-minded you know people they can actually just get support from and that makes a huge difference knowing that yeah. uh, people are around to be able to do that it um, does and that, that's the key way that we took out for me although it was a community and support and uh, a lot of people now are living in isolation they don't know who to turn to um, there's some great support networks out there like you know beyond blue and mental health but when you've got people in your immediate circle who you could call up and go hey, do you want to catch up for a coffee and do you want to talk about your goals? It, it, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that also drives that energetic connection between people. And, and I think this is what the, the biggest downside, I think, of what we're going through at the moment is how, how do we actually maintain that energy connection uh, where we're actually not being able to get within the space where energy can transfer between bodies and, and people. Um, yep. and, and, and I think that's probably the biggest thing I've been challenged with. Um, and I think most other people have too um, in that area. So look, man, I really appreciate uh, the, the fact you give me an immense amount of time tonight um, to, to have this conversation. Um, so a couple of things um, before we wrap up. Primal education, how do people go about finding you if they're, they're looking for an awesome bodybuilding coach or an awesome coach? That, yeah. It also and guys, go, does everything, as, right? Yeah. Where, how do they find as you? I, as much as I love helping people get on stage, um, 80, I think 90% of my clients are just health and wellness lifestyle related. So anyone who wants to learn about their body, learn how to train optimally in the gym, I'm very big on exercise prescription, programming, 
um, finding a diet that really resonates with you and that you can embed in your lifestyle for a long period of time. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Promo Education, Facebook, Promo Education. But I'm always looking for clients to work with who are very passionate about achieving goals and have some clarity around what they want. I love walking people down that path of, hey, I've been there. I know how to get you there. Um, let's work together. I'll give you the tools and education um, and you implement that into your lifestyle. So fat loss, muscle gain, uh, optimizing your you know internal health, whatever it is, I'm, I'm happy to work with anyone. Yeah, cheers. Excellent, man. So definitely primal education, looking up. So just to wrap up, any last key message that you might want to put out to, you know, this this podcast is about men going on a bit of a conscious journey and, you know, you, you've, you know, been on that path, you know, uh, recently or for a while, but building up, what, what, what's the view to men to, you know, that you've seen through yourself as you, you spoke a bit about, you've gone less external, more internal and everything else. Any key messages you want to leave? Yeah, Bill, I would initially, looking back now, 35 years of age and being a bodybuilder, I would start with the inner work. Um, a lot of meditation, breath work, and then build from that into looking at more weight training, cardiovascular training. So sort of if I had my time again, um, and we always look back and review our life and see where we can go better, but as a 21, 22-year-old, I would have loved to stepped into more breath work, meditation, um, hiking outside, spending a lot more time in nature, and then progress into weight training. Um, I'm sort of doing the other way around. I was, I was a lot very... Uh, external in my 20s and now I'm just doing the inner work the last couple of years. So for a lot of men out there listening, pay attention to your intuition, um, get a lot of support, hang around with some high-quality men who love meditating and breath work and, and camping and hiking and then build from there into your weight training and cardiovascular training. Oh, man, awesome. I, I love that advice. Um, I, I can't remember who it was. It was someone who was on the Sacred Sons podcast, but they basically said, first find yourself second find the journey you want to go on and then third find the partner that wants to go on that journey with you and yeah you know, i think that sort of sums up now that you know both of us looking back it's like yeah but, but let's work out the who we want to be what what it is for us mm. and then work out that journey and we can work our way from there so definitely Milvo. and i've definitely like found myself through the process of even though bodybuilding is a very external sport and you're getting judged on your body um you do learn a lot of lessons about the internal world and your internal environment just by competing things come up and you don't even realize that you're yeah. like all right i'm i'm in a calorie deficit now i'm not eating much food well wow, like I'm, I'm starting to read the bible or i'm, I'm starting to look at like bu- like information about the buddha or meditating yeah. and things pop up in your life that give you like little signs and flags and say steve like what you're doing is right but there's a bit of inner work you need to do and that's what i've loved so much about bodybuilding it's turned me um, made me look inwards and people think bodybuilders you're going to get carried away and just have your shirt off the whole time uh, it's done the opposite for me it's made me think internally a lot more <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, and I look I can see and I can understand exactly where you're coming from that um, you know I've done a number of you know run marathons you know done large swims and every one of those that you're basically it's the same sort of thing you, you learn more about who you are internally and the last swim I did um had been on the radar for ages i got out of the water and i saw my uh wife jackie i burst into tears like literally like i and I, what i hadn't realized was i nearly drowned when i was probably about early like 11 or 12 and a guy had saved me and i'd struggled to actually do the swim it actually by me going through the process of doing this 1200 meter swim well i couldn't work out why i cried then i reflected on like shit 
all this emotion I've stored about nearly drowning. And that's why I've been hesitant to do this big swim. And so you're right, pick these goals. And if you pick these challenges to do, you, and just listen to your body. You never know what's going to come oh, up. And things what's come up. Up. Yeah. yeah. And it's challenging. You go, why is this emotion appearing? Like I'm meant to be getting on stage wearing trunks and I've yep. got this um, you know, emotion of surrendering and, and crying. And, yeah, like there's definitely a lot of tears during the um, contest preparation phase where your food's very low and you see everyone around you eating burgers and fries <laughs> and that. And, um, you sort of you, you cry at the look of food and like, I just want that, those carbohydrates in my yeah. body. But <laughs> Um, again, patience and um, the virtue and, and learning about that discipline and space is really important when you're um, trying to get lean and ready for stage. Yeah. Oh, man. Look, so thank you. Um, thanks for, again, thanks for jumping on. Um, I'd love this conversation. It's <coughs> the first chat we've had uh, since Unleash, but, you know, I'd love to continue to stay connected. Um, definitely. I'm definitely going to keep watching the journey. Um, I, there's something in me says at some point we'll actually be living in Queensland. Um, there's God, something mate, in intuition up. that goes up there. And, uh, yeah, at, at mid-50s, you never know. It's never too late to actually get on stage. So uh, oh, yeah. who, who knows all that's going to be I'll, be I'll get you ready, mate. If you go to Sunshine Coast, it's an hour and a half drive. It's not fun. <laughs> Easy done, mate. I'll sign up. All right. Yeah. Take care, man. Thanks for the chat. And I appreciate uh, it, we'll, we'll definitely catch up soon. Cheers. Thank you very much. Grateful. Thanks. That's uh, a wrap for episode 18 of the Unearthed Man podcast. And a big thanks again to Steve Caps. So anybody who's looking to be trained somewhere up around the Sunshine Gold Coast area, uh, look up Primal Education. I can guarantee you, you won't go wrong. So that's it for me today uh, from the Unearthed Man. Sending you much love and care and have a beautiful day. Bye.